systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Pat and AJ Podcast. Hot enough for you. Yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! I just, um... Hello, everyone, by the way. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I just had one of our Relo cubes dropped off. It's a, a big cube that you stuff full of stuff, and then they drop it off at wherever you want them to drop it off. And obviously, the delivery driver of the cube saw the paperwork, and he goes, Arizona, are you shipping something, or are you moving? I go, no, I'm I'm moving. He's like, oh, this is too hot for me. That's way too hot to even live, you know? Oh, my gosh. You should start collecting nickels for every time I say it's a dry heat because it's clean. It's a it's cliche, but it is it is a dry heat, and I have it's met. It's a dry heat, everybody. Well, it is, and I've just I've met so many people actually here from a, from the Midwest who mm-hmm. a lot used to be snowbirds. Now they just live here, and we all say the same thing. We're like, yeah, I mean, it's a hundred and one degrees, but I promise you, it is not as uncomfortable as it is in the Midwest with the humidity. I mean, the humidity makes it impossible yeah. to do anything here. There is no humidity, and it's really nice. So uh, here we are on episode 43 of the Pat and AJ podcast, which is about to be my age. I'm officially forgetting that I have um, birthdays because, one, because one, one, like I'm past all the cool ones. And now, like, they only come on big numbers. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm 42 going on 43. So you don't get nothing until 50. And then after that, I don't know. Like, do they throw you a 60th just for shits and giggles? Like, because it's on... Like an even number? I don't know. Well, I mean, we kind of, we went all out for your 40th birthday, which was obviously what, you know, most people end up yeah, doing. Yeah, 40th most people do, yeah. I think 50, yeah, we'll go all out, all out for you. But, you know, after that, it's kind of like. Nothing. You, yeah, you right? Don't, you don't get big birthday parties till you make it to like, like, I think the next birthday we had for my grandmother was when she turned 90 after she turned there 50. It was like, she turned 90 and she almost made it to 100. And I know we would have. Well, I guess I, I say we would have done something big, but I probably not because she wasn't in good shape. No. But yeah, no, I think um, you're an old man, and um, <laughs> well, I mean, I just you're, like, you're my old man. <laughs> I just got a birthday card in the mail, and I legit like I, I saw it was a birthday card. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who who that's for. And then I realized, oh shit, it's probably me. And then it's from my dad. It says. Um, it says, how about some redneck fireworks for your birthday? My dad lives in southern Iowa. And uh, when you open it, it goes. Uh... <laughs> you got a musical card. <laughs> it's a farting musical card. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought maybe there was like a wad of cash in there. And I'm like, why is he sending me money? It's like my 43rd birthday. It makes no sense. Then I realized, no, that's a battery. It's a battery for the you know explosion. Let's be honest, though. It doesn't matter what age you're turning. Money in a card is still a welcome gift. <laughs> it is. I actually, that's funny. Um, I buried my mom with a check that she had written to me for my birthday because I thought it was so nutty. It was when I lived in Salt Lake City, so 03, 04, 05. 
And I don't know why she she sent me a check on her like Barbie check, you know, stationery, whatever. It was like for twenty twenty dollars, <laughs> and, and it was like to Patrick, happy birthday, twenty dollars. Pat had this go- check in his wallet. <laughs> Forever, and I always joked, you know, I'd go in his wallet to grab something. I'm like, you still have your mom's check in here. He's like, I know, I'm going to bury her with it. And I shit you not, she I died, it it. and he buried her with it. He stuck it I in the did. casket. I got it right in there when they were lowering her down. I got it on the casket uh, into the vault. All right, And I remember the funeral director said, good aim, good aim. <laughs> she sees a lot of people probably miss it. It ends up, like, in the ground. Right. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I just thought it was so weird because at the same time, it was the same thing. I was probably a... A weird number, 22, 3, 4. And it was just odd to have your mom, like, write you a check, like, you know, you're fucking 12 for your birthday. And I just remember I kept it. And I'm like, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it back to her. So I did. That's there you very, go. Very, very sweet. And you like it's, it's kind of like um, it's like Michael Scott from The Office when he's trying to pay for that party. And he's like, they're like, we need all this money. And he's like, don't worry, I have it. And it's because Grandma's checks. Yeah, Grandma. <laughs> grandma has lost track of all time and space and just keeps sending him birthday birthday checks like yeah. every month he's like i've got three hundred dollars <laughs> that's like a uh that's like the same what they 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 did that bit on uh seinfeld right where yes. like seinfeld cashes a check from a grandma or, or great aunt and sure enough it overdraws it the account, and, account yeah. <laughs> which which i do feel like knowing my mom me not cashing that 20 you know dollar check like probably ruined her life for so long because she couldn't balance her checkbook. Like knowing her, oh, yeah. she would get she'd get the statement from the bank. She'd get she'd be, it's off. Why is it off? And it's all because I was walking around gallivanting <laughs> with a twenty dollar check in my pocket you like know, it was nobody's I, I, business. I, I stopped cashing my grandmother's checks when her handwriting became illegible. I said, you know, that's, <laughs> it's, it's so sweet of her to keep sending checks even though I'm like thirty four. <laughs> There's just an X where it says signature. She just writes an X. Puts, yeah, I'm like, writes probably... a money sign. Writes a money sign for amount. It's like money. Well, that was my thing. I'm like, I don't want to overdraw her account. If she can barely write, it's probably not a good time to cash a check. Oh, shit. That's why we're good people. There's some people out there that'd be like, all right, Grandma, what you meant to write was $30,000. Not <laughs> right. 30000 30, Michael Scott would have added like two extra zeros. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that, man. So it is warm, though. It is warm here in Michigan. The Midwest has officially had summer pop. Of course, AJ is officially into triple digit um, summer in the southwest of Tucson, Arizona. I'll tell That's you, it's what- really, really nice today, though. It's um, it's it's somewhat overcast. I would not say completely cloudy. It's like that hazy mm-hmm. sunshine and it's yeah. breezy. And we've already had like a couple of really like 102 degree days. So like yesterday and today were. Like, everybody's talking about the weather. Like, oh, a lot cooler today. Like, that's – it's it's such a go-to here. Like, if you want to talk to a stranger, talk about the weather. Like, it's nicer than yesterday. <laughs> it is um, – I mean, because this is traditionally the season when people leave. Like, if yes. you live in a Phoenix, a Tucson, a Yuma, anywhere, the summer is when you traditionally – leave to get out of the heat where you know sometimes people will like like we used to leave the midwest around christmas to go to hawaii because it's like negative 20 degrees people try to escape the heat like my cousin i have a whole sect of uh, family that moved to phoenix like in the 70s so now they're like a, like a, a couple generations deep there but uh my one cousin who'd be my mom's cousin just wrapped up school for the year she's a school teacher 
And like immediately her and the husband are off to like Flagstaff or like they're going north. Like they yep. immediately are slingshotting like out of the Phoenix area. Well, Phoenix is traditionally hotter than the Tucson area because Tucson is at a higher elevation. We're more in the mountains than Phoenix is. And then it, it's funny, though, if you go north of Phoenix, like you said, Flagstaff and all that, that's where everybody's going right now because yeah. it's cool, oh, yeah. it's it's cooler up there. But, I mean, I, I have heard the lore that like August is – like when the sun really tries to kill you, like that Super Mario level, like that's when when oh. it's really bad is August. Listen, listen. Normally, I have to come up with like creative ways to get you to listen to this podcast. Like in this little introduction section, we got to like tell you what we're doing so so you listen through throughout the entire episode. This one, all I have to say is, the sun and desert literally tried to kill AJ's mother. Just like she described, and that's coming up on this podcast episode because it's actually a public service announcement, too. It is. It is is a tragic story, but it's a PSA. Okay, it is a PSA that is coming up on on this episode. See, so it's it's not just Mario talk, everyone. All right, hold on. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who loved me till the end. People, let me tell you about my best Man, I have grown so much as a person in the month that I've been here in Arizona, and it's growth in a way I never thought I would experience. Man, me and the snake, right down the date and time, mm-hmm. are, re- are really good friends now. Yeah. We are It's buddies. over. Uh, the snake is no longer my son's pet, no longer my pet. No, he's mine. <laughs> the, s- the snake is AJ's pet. Now, she's done this before, by the way. She's taken over pets. The only pet she cannot successfully take over is Cleo, the bird. Is the bird, yeah. And she's tried really hard, but Cleo's my bird and will never leave my side. No. Um, but you, as of a couple months ago, were challenged to even have the snake travel with you to Arizona because you were going to put him in a box. I mean, you were really freaked out. And this well, that was, was you the are whole idea. It was whoever, whoever's yeah. going to drive out here first has to take the dog, the bird, and the snake because. When you fly, you can only fly with one pet per person. And I said, we have more than, one, more than one pet per person in this house. So whoever drives out there has to take all three of them. And the snake was the one that freaked me out the most. I'm like, I don't know how you travel with the snake. Like, I've driven with our dog, no problem. We took Which, our bird. I mean, they are literally like the, I mean, not that it's the best thing in the world. But there are websites where depending on the time of the year and the conditions, you can ship a snake. Yeah. Like I can, I can prime you a live snake tomorrow because that's how easy they are to, I mean, how many times you hear stories about someone's like, man, I lost my snake. And then four years later, some bitch was in my car wrapped <laughs> up in the engine and I'm driving to Missouri or something. Like You hear about that. So they're not like delicate no. little fragile animals. They're pretty, you th- Jake the Snake Roberts lived with a snake in a bag that he walked around with and just had a snake in a bag, okay? Um, I, the drive here took three and a half days, and we had the snake in a box with holes in it, and we had heating pads underneath it to keep him warm. And by the second day, and it was just so funny because the hotels, none of them knew there was a snake in there, and I never, like, opened the box But by the second day, I called Pat and I said, I'm worried about him just because I can't see him. And I'm like, I don't want to kill him because you guys 
will never forgive me. And I'm like, it's my job to keep him alive between here and Arizona. And like I sliced open the box, made sure he was breathing and then replaced the heating pads and closed it. But there was, I mean, there was one day where we were driving and I had to slam on the brakes and he, his box went flying and I pulled over and checked on him and made sure he was okay. (laughs) Um, And he was fine. And I cared so much in fact that I bought him a tank on marketplace and actually paid the chick here in Tucson extra to drop it off at the house. Cause I said, I want to make sure that when I get there, I can get him out of this Amazon box. And she did. Um, but you know, I was, I was scared to take him out of the box and put him in his terrarium and that was no problem. And, um, then he went through a shed and it didn't go well because there's no humidity here and the humidity in his terrarium wasn't good. So Pat's like, well, you know, you can put him in the bathtub with some water. I said, what the hell are you smoking? You think I'm going to take him out and put him in the in a bath? And he's like, well, that's the only way to get his skin off is to put him in a warm bath. So I did that. And it was a really big bonding experience for us because there was a lot of trust on both sides. Um, and it worked. And my next, I knew the next big obstacle was he needs to eat. And that's the one thing I'm like, I cannot feed him a cute little furry dead rat i can't now, do it now just so people know we do feed humanely we feed frozen he has yes. never feasted upon a live uh rodent no which, because that's that... actually really dangerous for the snakes because the rodents can like fight back so we feed oh, them yeah. dead rats but still it's it's a cute little furry rat that's just like you know all curled up and dead <laughs> <laughs> all like, curled up and dead and all furry and, and it's just so sad but i'm like all right that's what he eats it's already dead And I realized he was out a lot. And I know when he is out cruising the way he was, I'm like, he's hungry. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I don't know if if it's a good idea to wait till Pat and Dylan get down here to Arizona next week. I said, fine, I'll feed him. Like, I care. I don't want him to be hungry because he's kind of cute. So, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, listen, leading up to this, she started sending me pictures She's FaceTiming and, like, talking to the snake and the baby voice. (laughs) Her and her mom. Oh, we sit here and we talk to him. So I knew it was coming. I I, I could (laughs) feel the ramp up. And as soon as you took on the task of feeding him, I'm like, that's it. She has the emotional bond. Now she's worried about him being hungry. So, I mean, she will put all the animals' well-beings before her own. I've seen her do this. So... (laughs) The fact that you had to, like, you know, climb that mountain and you got over it. I'm like, oh, this is it because you fucking fed the snake. Like, I did. You, you went. You got it. You you you, you did it. And, and let me tell you, he ate. And I've seen Pat, like, try to feed him and he's picky and he won't eat. He ate, like, before I could even dangle this thing in the cage. So I knew he was hungry. And I'm like, oh, just I can't watch him do this. And I kid you not, maybe 15 minutes later, I turn around and that rat's gone. And I'm like, oh, my God, he was hungry. I'm glad I fed him. And then he's, he's been shedding, but it's been a better shed this time because I've been keeping, I've been spraying down his terrarium every day with, uh, you know, room temperature water to keep it humid. And, like, he and I have this trust now. Like, when I bring out the spray bottle, he doesn't recoil and freak out. He, I think he, it's, it actually feels good. So, like, I took him out of his cage yesterday. I cleaned his cage, and he just kind of watched me and... I put him back in. He didn't try to strike or anything. And Where'd mom- you have him? Hold on. Where'd you put him when you were cleaning the uh, cage? In an Amazon box. 
Okay, I'm like, I wondered if you just like put them in the mix because there's no like cats are there right now. No. I'm like, boy, you could just like set them on a uh, counter, like, hey, stay there. You know? I did kind of think about that. I'm like, I mean, he can slither around the house. It's no big deal. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like I would take my eyes off him. But yeah, we've free, got free range snakes. <laughs> just let him find a home. We've got uh, we've got a good bond going on, and he looks like I'm really proud that his shed went well. He looks really healthy and really good, and I clean his cage and like we're buddies, man. I pet him yesterday. And like he's real chill, and he's oh Dude, my god! She, well, have listen, you ever seen, hold on. Hang on. Have you ever seen a snake yawn? It's the cutest thing in the world. Yeah, I've seen them. Uh, that or drinking is is very yes, cute when they when they drink water because they they put their little snout in the water, <laughs> or when they yawn. She's sending me now. All we do is send each other like TikToks and like Instagram videos all day long. She's sending me videos now that are like cute snake videos, and I'm like, <laughs> that's it. It's it's fucking over. You're like now. That she's found a community of other women, most likely, that have these cute relationships with their with their reptiles. Yeah, I'm like, they this put is hats it. on them and stuff. The video I sent him today was a lady putting her snake in between two pieces of bread, and the snake was totally cool with it. Like, there's a snake sandwich. Yes, it's a snake um, sandwich. <laughs> yeah. See, exactly. It's like these Listen. are not these are not giggles we used to hear. I mean, famously, she of course like lost her mind when the snake came home. Well, yeah, because you didn't tell me about it. Listen, listen, listen. It's cute. I like the ball pythons. That's fine. I am still not on board with anything bigger than this that can no, like no, no, no. Listen, that could, like, like puncture my skin no. and poison me. That's different. I'm I'm the exact same way, and I don't quite understand guys who really collect a lot of the poisonous and just. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's good for them or for. I mean, but whatever. It's America. You can do whatever you want. Unfortunately. For me, yeah, I would never bring in something that I think could take out my family, okay? <laughs> but, but this little this guy, is, he's a good pet. He's a good he's little a, pet. One of the most common domesticated pythons in uh, the world, in America. It's a little ball python. They're docile. They're called ball pythons because they literally turn into a ball when they become afraid. They just and ball up. they're afraid up. of everything, literally. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm a ball. You can't get me. So, you know, yeah, not like I brought in a fucking anaconda or some of these guys are like, I got a tiger. Like, you know, like, yeah. like the guy in Houston who's bringing home a tiger cub. And then all of a yeah. sudden, the tiger can eat your fucking family. Yeah. No, I'm not on board with that. But a little ball python, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Although I did have to stop her. She's like our son, of course, because we're a fucking zoo, you know. <laughs> Our son has been requesting a guinea pig for a long time. <laughs> and the problem is, AJ has joined him in the quest. So now she makes little cute noises and shit about guinea pigs and all <laughs> I this love shit. guinea pigs. And, you know, so he's on us to get him one when we go out to Arizona. And AJ's like, oh, we could put him. They could be in Dylan's room, the snake and the guinea pig. And I'm like, that is not. No, that's predator and prey. I know. <laughs> Do you know why they separate certain gangs at prisons? You know? <laughs> Like, it's better just to have these people separated than around each other. Kind of the same theory when putting, a, like, that's all he's going to do is be like, how do I get in there and <laughs> to, eat that. to get that? Then you got to, then, I don't know. Then we're in a whole, then whole problem. Then it's bad. So, then it's bad. Then our son is sad. You're sad. Yep. You never look at Bandit the same way. And uh, you you give him the speech. You're like, I'm not, I'm not mad. But I'm really mad. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I 
it wouldn't be a parental visit in the Clark household if it didn't involve an emergency room. And I mean that wholeheartedly. From the bottom of my broken heart, I say that. My mother, for years, would always come and visit me and for some reason find a way to end up at the ER, even if it was just a like a, a earache. Wasn't the earache like like the most minor one that she ever yeah. made me take her to the ER for? It it's was like the an earache. earache. Yeah, and That's then right. um, after your mom passed, my dad, my parents came to visit for Thanksgiving. That's right. and I ended up going to the VA in Saginaw with my dad because he fell down the stairs. That's right, your dad. Um, and, so and, then, now and, we're then, in- and then the next summer... And then the next summer, I went to visit them in Milwaukee and ended up calling 911 because we thought he was having a heart attack. So, you know, it's, it's become commonplace at this point. So, color me not shocked when AJ reached out to me, because uh, she's not alone, by the way. She's been in, in Tucson, and you were really only alone for, like, what, 10 days? Uh, it was about two weeks. Okay, about two weeks, and then her family stuck her mom with her. And I say that just because no one else in her family wants to take care of her mom, so they figure why not fly her across the country uh, to, to AJ, you know, because what else does she have going on? So you have literally been momming your mom, which is a new role for a lot of kids out there. Yes, this is when, a weird thing to come to grips with. Yeah, which is this is something I got used to early because my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's dementia. And once you kind of take the, the bulls by the horn on that one, you just realize you are You're talking, the parent now, yeah. Yeah, you are the parent. You can't be asking for them to make a decision. You make it for them. So... Um, you are now, uh, doing that with your mom because pretty much you said you have been like a toddler trying to help her avoid disaster her entire visit. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and we did not avoid disaster last week. Um, I, I was doing some, I had a job interview in the afternoon over zoom and I had been doing stuff around the house, cleaning and doing stuff. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go lay down for a couple hours. So I'm fresh for my, my job interview. And, um, I thought my mom was laying down too, cause she has MS and you know, she's who doesn't want an afternoon nap. You know, everybody yeah. does. But, so, but your mom, I mean, that, that is a big thing. When your mom comes to visit, she does sleep a majority of the time or like yeah. what's her sleep schedule like? Cause whenever I call you, it could be noon or one in the afternoon. No, oh, mom's sleeping. Mom's still in bed. Yeah, so no, what's her schedule like? She from her regular schedule seems to be that she goes to bed around like 1230 or one and then sleeps till like one in the afternoon. And then she's like ready to go by like three. Like it takes her a solid two hours two to get hours. ready. Okay. So, so um, 12 hours of sleep, two hours warm up. Yeah. And she has about a solid 10 hours where she's, active and doing things yeah so I thought she was gonna go lay down and um I got up from my nap I fell asleep for like two hours so it was longer than I planned and I came outside um to get my laptop ready for my job interview and her door was shut so I thought she was in there I set up for my job interview I looked to my left and there's my mom on the chair the um the chaise lounge out here by the pool in the direct sunlight completely slumped over there you it, go. And I said, holy shit, it's happening. And this, um, I think, is the fourth time since she's been here that she's sat out in the sun too long. Every other time, she sat out too long, and, like, it just affects her MS. She's never done well with heat with her MS. But, like, I have to physically, she can't even walk with her walker. I have to physically carry her yeah. to, you know, out of the sun. So um, now, this, now this goes without saying, you've obviously told your mom, you've warned her, you said, hey, Here's the deal with the Arizona heat. Here's the deal with the. I mean, you guys are there in the peak of heat season. So yes, yeah. for someone who's who's heat sensitive, yeah, not exactly an ideal time to be there. Which is, again brings me back to who the fuck made the decision to send her. I know, but listen, I digress. I, I get so, it. I get it. 
But so you had warned her about like, you know, precautions multiple times. And what would happen? She would just She'd sneak just away. And, yeah, she would. Well, and, and all the other times I was outside so I could watch her and I could kind of, you know, gather when it's time for her to come out of the sun, even though it's already affected her badly. But this time I wasn't out here. I was sleeping. I assumed she was sleeping, too. So I went over to her and she's passed out and she's mumbling. And I said, holy shit, she's having heat stroke. Um, And I, um, I, I had to call 911. I had to, she was dead weight and I couldn't pick her up. So I had to like drag her out of the sun into the shade. Which is like something, by the way, AJ's already been doing because like she's been saying, her mom will wander outside. She'll go sit in the pool or sit you know, on a bench or something. And then she physically cannot move and you will have to pick her up Superman style and bring her into like the, the home. So you, I mean, it's, it's doable when she's conscious, you know, because she can kind of help herself a little bit or like, yeah, she'll hold you, hold you around the neck or something. I I can sit her in her walker and wheel her out. But this time she was dead weight. And I tried putting on her walker and she fell off. I said, Oh my God. So I dragged her out of the sun and kind of leaned her up against a chair because she couldn't sit in a chair because she wasn't conscious. And I called 911. And um, as soon as I turned my back, she had fallen back into the sun. Like she had like like turned over. And I, so I had yeah. to pick her up again. So and, like she is limp at this point. It's a limp noodle just, yes. you know. Um, and she was, she was talking but incoherently, and then she would pass out. Then she would talk, then she'd pass out. So they took her to the hospital, and she was there for about four hours in the ER. They had to rehydrate her. Um, she has second-degree burns on her legs and her feet from being out in the sun, which are blistering right now. And, oh, my God, does it look bad. Um, it's, it's, it's bad. And, I mean, I told her, I said, you could have you you could have died within minutes and, oh, and they, easily they easily. kept the the emts kept saying how long has she been out here and i said i don't know i've been asleep for two hours so it could be t- 10 minutes it could be two hours it's probably more like over an hour yeah. and i'm like i i had no idea she came out here and sat out here in the sun and um it's it sucks because like i'm looking over right now at where she was sitting and like the area is still tore up there's cushions all over the place i haven't even touched it since the emts picked her up because it's just You're like been, traumatized from it you yeah don't go i don't i don't want to go over there i'm not gonna lie i don't want to but i'm, I'm going to Ugh, you know i'm after so she sorry i'm so sorry you well, you are i mean one you're a great daughter you know that i know that everyone listening knows sweet. that but you know you really unfortunately have been put in a caretaker role um you know it's I, not you know, i'm not gonna lie to you i have been sleeping on and off for two days because i'm so tired and I'm so sore from like just lifting her and lifting her wheelchairs and her walkers and taking her to doctor appointments. And it's yeah. been, it's been really hard. I mean, multiple trips to the pharmacy to get bandages because her, and, and we had to go to urgent care because she started blistering and everything started getting infected. And I'm just like, this is, we had to pro, we had to postpone her flight because she couldn't fly on Friday because everything was infected. They had to give her antibiotics. I mean, it's been, it's been a rough, um, it's been a rough almost week and I can feel it in my body and I've been listening to my body and sleeping when I need to. But like yesterday, I'm like, mom, I don't, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I'm going to lay down. Do not go outside. You are not allowed to leave this house. I mean, I hate to say it. You almost have to lock the fucking doors. I mean, this yeah. is literally when we talk about, you know, grandma or grandpa, 
you know, no one wants to ever imagine putting your loved ones in a home, but take it from a guy who put his mom in a home. It was the best place for her. It was the safest place for her to be. But you hear about that where all of a sudden you can't keep grandpa at home anymore because he wanders out of the house. And then next thing we know, we're on the news hearing about an endangered senior. We have, you know, silver alert, I believe that they're called, and we're we're trying to find someone. So it sucks. I mean, like, 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 what's your... What's your mom's take on it? Like, like, does she does she, she get the gravity of it, or is it just kind of like no? You know, she does, and she's gotten quite upset over it. Just guilty. She's like, I. She just her and it's you know a lot of it. Most of it's her MS. Her memory's terrible, and she said, I don't even remember walking outside. And I I know she hit her head. She didn't tell me that until we got home. But it makes sense because, like I said, I put her up against a chair, and then when I turned around, she slumped over and hit her head. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, she she understands and is very aware of it now, especially seeing what's happening with her legs and her feet, um, because it's it's very visible. You know, you can't see burns right away, but oh my God, once you can, it's very scary. So no, she's yeah. aware of it, but I mean, it's, it was just ironic because as I was sitting in the ER with her, Pat texted me a news story from Phoenix that um, they had their first heat-related death that day in Maricopa County, which is where Yeah, Phoenix first one, yeah. First one um, for the year. They say, obviously, every year they do get heat-related deaths, and yeah. um, unfortunately, they had to report the first one. June, June, you know? Yeah, and I, I mean, even the ER nurse was like, how long was she in the sun? I said, I don't know. It could have been two hours, and she goes, wow. She goes, I mean, it's like, you get like 15 minutes out here before you start feeling it, yeah. so I I mean, I, 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 mean was very, I, feel, I was very clear about how yeah. serious this this could have been and how serious it was. I mean, it's almost like anywhere. Um, people think they know better, right? We all think we know ourselves or our environments better. And you go to somewhere new, and you almost never want to take those um, those tips. Like, you hear about Arizona, and they tell you about the heat and the sun, and, eh, and then something like this happens. Or you go to Hawaii, and you hear about the currents and the water. You go, eh, and then you end up, you know. Getting washed God, away, yeah. Yeah, God forbid you drown or something, but you hear about it all the time. Um, you know, I mean, same thing. God, that used to be the old joke about uh, going to, like, big cities like New York City for a while in the 80s when New York City was so bad. Um, you know, the tourists were kind of told how to deal with muggers. You know, it was yeah. like, have a spare wallet. Give them that one. Do not give up. And, but, and of course, I'm sure there's people that never took that advice. And they said, oh, I know what I'm doing until they get mugged. So I get where none of us, no one likes the guardrails in life. No one likes, no. I don't like being told what to do and what not to do. Um, but, but a situation think, like well, this, boy. Well, also, the fact that we moved around so much, I think that, you know, like I very much researched and listened to people before I got here and I haven't done anything to put myself in danger. Yeah. Um, even on the, you know, even on the hike I went on, I was very um, cognizant of the fact that there could be rattlesnakes and, and yeah. mountain lions and stuff like I, I, I learn because I know they know what they're talking about. But when you're just visiting, you know, you think it won't happen to you, but it's it's no yeah. joke. And I, I'm very clear with my mom that, you know, you could have I, – if I would have slept for an extra 15 minutes, she could have died. So That's it's, crazy. So, and you said, by the way, like, they pumped her full of so many fluids, and she basically didn't pee. And they were amazed because yeah, – she's so dehydrated. Like, that's how dehydrated – and like, Well, like and we, her, her core temperature um, – the EMT said they took her core temperature and all it said was high. Oh fuck! That's I'm like, oh my god, we were minutes, I think minutes away from from being done. Like I'm, I shudder to think what would have happened if I wouldn't have come outside at that time. 
Like I always, because I'm always, um, you know, I researched a lot when I first started going to Bonnaroo because Bonnaroo, unfortunately, down in Tennessee would have one or two deaths a year for a while there. And almost 90% plus of the time, they were heat related, right? Yep. And people's like, your core temperature, man, you cannot jack that thing so high, you will be like a fucking engine. You just lock up, and then there's oh, nothing yeah. you can it do. Was, at it that was point. fascinating sitting in the ER with her watching her temperature fluctuate. And like, it was it was crazy. I mean, we just, I don't know. Like I said, I learn before I go places. I carry a jug of water. And that's what they always say here. You know how they always say in the Midwest, in the winter, you need to have a blanket and, you know, a spare phone, whatever, in your car in case you get stuck in a snowstorm. Here, they say keep water in your car because they're like, if you get stuck anywhere, like, you will get dehydrated and heated so fast. Well, so, I mean, or it's, it's, it's just like when, I mean, you were a native, but when I moved to Wisconsin and especially when you moved to rural, there are, they, they tell you about the winters and here are the things to keep in your car because there's a decent chance you could end up yeah. stranded and, and you have to learn things like dig out your exhaust pipe so you don't kill yourself waiting in an idling car. And, yep. you know, again, I mean, he'd, he'd local warnings. He'd the people that have been there. If yes. I went to the fucking Amazonian jungle, you know who I'd listen to? The Amazonians who live there. I wouldn't yep. Wikipedia shit. I would ask them. So. Yeah, and I know, and I, and I get it. You know, I've only been here a month, so me telling my mom to stay out of the sun, she probably, you know, didn't take my word for it because I've only been a quote-unquote local for a month, but it is not hard to figure out how dangerous the heat can be here. Yeah. So. I mean, who does, right? I mean, she's thinking, I'm a Midwesterner. I've been stuck inside the winter, and oh, I can't wait for this beautiful sun, which, I mean, let's be honest, how many of our pacey Midwestern asses go to Mexico or somewhere during the winter and we same thing happens we all come back blaze cherry red because yep. you just want to be out in the sun and get some vitamin d and uh yeah man you gotta take care of that stuff so there i mean i i know you make a lot of jokes aj about the sun trying to kill you and it's like the mario level when you're oh, in no. the, the desert but yeah no legit, the sun can kill you out here this and- shit almost killed my mother-in-law yeah. man yep and then the house would have been haunted. How am I supposed to sell that house or profit one day? <laughs> You've got to disclose that on a on a home report. <laughs> if, if if you know dead people and ghosts there, okay? Not that your mom would be like a, an annoying ghost. I think but she'd, she'd be a really sweet ghost, but she'd no, she'd still be, be a ghost. active. She <laughs> yes. she'd be yeah, she'd be very active. There'd be a lot of things going now on. Now I'm watching it as an adult, and I realize Sesame Street teaches kids other things. It teaches kids how to judge people and label people. That's right. They got a character on there named Oscar. They treat this guy like shit the entire show. They judge him right in his face. Oscar, you are so mean. Isn't he, kids? Yeah, Oscar. You're a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. I'm the poorest motherfucker on Sesame Street. Nobody's helping me. Then you wonder why your kids grow up and step over homeless people. Get it together, Grouch. <laughs> Get a job, Grouch. I remember growing up, my grandfather always telling me that a garbage man should be respected because it's a tough, hard gig. I was it raised is, with... Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's disgusting. It's physical. It's everything. Yeah. But, like, I was raised with a real healthy respect for, like, the blue-collar way of life even though they wanted me to like be a white collar person they they didn't want they wanted me to know it's a tough living 
And in Chicago, where I grew up, you have the city of Chicago, which takes care of the garbage. And you have uh, a union, and, you know, these guys get out there and they take your garbage away. I remember once or twice us hauling out kind of like big items and we were selling the house. Literally, I, I think we brought out like a 1950s refrigerator. Oh, God. Because <laughs> you legally couldn't sell it because it wasn't safe anymore, yeah. but I couldn't leave it in the house. So when the fuck did garbage collection become the next biggest private hustle? And I know a million of you are going to say, well, duh, Pat, it's been like that forever. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I've lived in too many apartments. But I shit you not. I've talked garbage more the last month (laughs) with my wife, with my buddy in South Bend, with my buddy in a suburb of Chicago because he's in a whole contract dispute with the garbage men, and another friend who is buying a home for the first time and is uh, inquiring about all this garbage. You know, the only thing we're missing is like um, 6 a.m. meetups at the local diner for coffee. I'm, if you we're know, I'm, talking uh, about garbage. <laughs> but it's fucking crazy because I remember, and maybe I was naive because I was just a little kid, but this was all rolled up into your city taxes and the gar- you put out the garbage and the garbage men came and they took the garbage. Now, let me tell you first what I've been doing here in Michigan. And then we can have AJ tell you the difference in Oro Valley, Arizona. Obviously, with us moving, I've been uh, hauling out quite a decent amount of junk, stuff we don't need. And there are bigger ticket items, like a couple mattresses, a couple bed frames once I break them down. And I'm sitting there like, do I got to like put this on Marketplace and say it's free so someone comes and gets it? Or do I have to drag it to a dump? Oh, no. No, no, no. Because in the great mitten... You can put out whatever the fuck you want. And if it's in front of your garbage can, the hardest working garbage collectors in the world will come pick that shit up and throw it in there. I kid you not. I've seen the guys in our sub throw couches, love seats, mattresses, cabinets. And so I, I shit you not. I've just been hauling out big ticket items the day of garbage collection and it's gone. It's, it's gone. Yeah. Gone. Gone in like an hour. I, I take a nap and it's gone. And then my wife calls me from sunny Arizona. (laughs) So it's not quite the same down here in the desert. Um, And I I naively expected it to be. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I put out, there was this big rusted out fire pit in our backyard here. And um, it was, it was so heavy. I mean, I had to drag it and it's, it was so loud. Like I felt like the entire neighborhood could hear it, but I'm like, oh, you know, if I put it out by the trash on trash day, you know, somebody, they'll take it. So I put, I put it out by the trash. Nobody took it. And I said, okay, maybe it was just too heavy. I don't know. So I put it on Marketplace. Somebody came and picked it up for free. Um, the next week is when I figured out that this is a thing because I had all these big cardboard boxes from the catio I built. And they were, they were enormous. And I broke them down, but they were still like just too big to put in the bin. So I laid them next to the recycling bin, mm-hmm. which was already full. And... I, I came back from running errands and everything was left there, all the boxes. And I yeah. said, huh, okay, so that's weird. I'm like, did I, was I supposed to put them in the bin? I'm like, I thought that's recycling. They're huge cardboard boxes. Like, yeah, which, I, which, by the way, we have to pay extra for recycling I was, pickup. 
I was just going to mention that, yeah. that here um, you have to pay for your trash pickup. It doesn't yeah. come out of your taxes. And you have to pay extra if you want to have recycling yeah. picked up. And, you know, fine, I'm a tree-hugging hippie. We're going to pay extra for recycling to be picked up. But I'm like, what? But they don't, they didn't pick it up. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here mulling on this. And then I, I go on the Oro Valley Facebook page. Sure enough, there is somebody bitching about garbage pickup. They're like, I'm new to the area. Why the hell don't the garbage people pick up large items? They're like, and and I said, you know, they didn't even pick up my cardboard boxes. Like, that's a pretty, that's given, I think. You know, it's not a a couch. Um, And we kind of unraveled this over a couple of days. Um, Apparently, if it's in the bin, they'll take it no matter what it is. But it has to be in the bin. And the lid does not have to be shut. But, you know, the fire pit wouldn't have fit in the bin. No way. So if it's outside of the bin, they do not touch it. They do not take it. And apparently it's I, – I, I read many reasons. Um, one of them is they blame the HOAs, which, you know, maybe that's true, maybe that's not. I don't know. But the HOAs are impossible to, to get away from here in southern Arizona. Like every neighborhood has an HOA. Um, but they also said – somebody said, well, you know, you got to remember, too, we have scorpions and rattlesnakes here. And if somebody puts out oh, something else – Oh, shit, that is kind of true, yeah. And I said, okay, I'll give you that. I'm like, because, you know, there could be a, you know, a rattlesnake living under a mattress and then, you know, they go to grab it and and it ends badly so i get that but then somebody else said that the trucks are like automated and that the guys don't actually get out of the trucks anymore they just pick up the the machine picks up the bins empty them and they keep going and that's how it which, works here which would be the reason why then anything that's not in the bin they don't take now today just today here in michigan i was going to pick up my kid from school and i was driving back and I saw a garbage truck on the other side of town, and sure as shit, it had those automated can picker-upper things where that thing just pulled up, clamped on, picked it up, dumped it out, and then moved on. And I said, well, that's different than just one mile away where I live, where they have a traditional garbage truck with the, the back is open and the guys, you know, they, they throw shit in and then they compact it. They do it, you know, over and over and over. So... Even within a mile difference, yep. geographically, I guarantee you if I, on that side of town, tried to put out the shit that I put out over oh, yeah. here, it, no, it would have been left taken. there. Now, well, and one of the things I noticed, too, the difference between Michigan and Arizona is, and we've, we saw this in, in Michigan all the time, lots of, what do you call them, pickers? Oh, yeah, pickers, yeah. Yeah, there is always, um, the night before trash pickup, there are cars that yeah. would come through our neighborhood with, like, trailers attached to them, and they would just pick up your stuff that... It's, it's for all the scrap metal, mainly. It's just yeah, that's they what they're doing, up, scrapping, like, yeah. Yeah, they would pick up, like, TVs or whatever the heck was out there. But I noticed, like, that doesn't happen here in Arizona. There are no pickers. Like, nobody comes to pick up your stuff unless you tell them about it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, no, and, it's, uh, and somebody on that Facebook page also said they're like, you know, I'm from, I think they were from Washington, and they said when I left, they just changed over to the automated trucks. They basically, it sounds like they're getting rid of garbage people, and that's a huge problem because see, that's what I was thinking. I said, hold on, if they're all because they always talk about things that are going to take your job, and you know, yada yada, they. Yeah, right. They try to pin it on everything from Wall Street to immigrants. But really what's taking your job is automation. Is technology, um, yeah. Is is in some way, shape. I mean, think about it. If you would have told me 100 years ago that a garbage man, a fucking garbage man, and I'm sorry I'm using gender pronouns, but a garbage man who hangs on the back of a truck and picks up garbage and throws that shit in there, that that job would be in danger 
Yeah. Of losing to a like certain jobs, line work, you go, yeah, robots can do that kind of shit. Um, even like a lot of this stuff we do and like, you know, technology destroyed the radio broadcast world. Yeah. But garbage, man, like the physical shit. That's the stuff where you're like, uh oh, we're in trouble now. It's so funny you say that about gender pronouns, because I thought of that when I was talking about it. I'm like, oh, it's just it's it's kind of like you don't want to say stewardess anymore, you want to say flight attendant. But yeah, I, flight attendant, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm like a garbage person, but then I'm thinking back to my last thirty eight years on this planet, and I've never and I'm not saying never. there aren't any, I've never once seen a never. female garbage person. So listen, I, you know what? I think it's still a, an occupation with the few that are left to safely say garbage men. Boy, that is true, man. Is there any other like like man, I can't think of anything else that's that gender dominated besides being a female stripper, and that's just because you need the parts. <laughs> but I mean, you're right. I've never seen a woman toss garbage. I have a friend who lives in a suburb of Chicago, and it's his first time renting a house. He's he's been a apartment dweller his entire life, like a lot of folks in big metropolitan areas. And he's renting a home now for the first time ever. And he calls me every now and then because I'm like, oh, yeah, here's all these little things that you're going to be on the hook now for probably water, sewer, garbage. I I said, renting a home kind of sucks because you do get a lot of the responsibility without any of the payoff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So apparently his landlord is in a garbage dispute with the suburb over some kind of bill where it's like the bill is attached to the last tenant, but it's not paid. So they don't want to pick up garbage. And he's like, you need to start a new account. So his, his response, cause my buddy said, I brought my garbage out there and the garbage men didn't pick it up. Oh God. And I go one, that's hilarious that they give him a list in the morning of like who not to pick up from. <laughs> right. Like they're like, here's up list. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, here's the naughty list. It's like when you used to go to a liquor store and and there were pictures of people who had like bad checks on the wall. (laughs) Um, but so his, his wacky landlord, cause he's now locked and this is garbage. Like this shit, it goes every day. There's more of it. Like, you know, you could argue some bills cause they're bills about services or fictitious money owed. This is, I have garbage. I pay you to take it away, but now I'm not paying you, so you're not taking it, so I'm accumulating more garbage. He wants my buddy to put his garbage in the neighbor's garbage. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. And that's literally, that was his landlord's solution. He said, well, look, the neighbor, he's... That's a bad landlord. (laughs) He said, oh, yeah, no, this guy's a slumlord for real. But... (laughs) But he apparently the neighbor is a nice old man, and, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, he's a nice old man. I mean, he barely has any garbage. So oh, if you threw man. yours in in there, they're not going to notice." You cheap sob! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Which is why landlords are like most part the worst people in the, I'd say in the there world. Really, are very few great landlords. <laughs> There's not a very lot of good few. ones. No, um, but, but but remember in Flint a few years back that happened with and and I can't remember. What the, the great was. garbage wars. I remember oh, the garbage wars. My God, where it was like a contract issue between one company versus another. And well, no, it reason- was a dirty, if, if I remember correct, it was the new mayor. A new mayor was trying to bring in a new garbage company and get rid of the old garbage company, except the new garbage company, this may or may not shock you, is all tied up into federal racketeering and bribing politicians. So who's to say that that mayor may not have pocketed a few uh, hundred thousand and I shit you not, for what? For about a week or two, there was a literal 
garbage war where these trucks were racing to get the garbage from each other. And then after that, it morphed into a stalemate. Yep. Where nobody got the garbage. And I'll tell you why I'll never forget this, because aside from the fact that we were on the radio in Flint talking about it, um, I was training for the Crim, which is a 10-mile running race in Flint. And we had outdoor training once a week. And we, oh, my God, we had to change our route because running in, and it was it was the same thing. It was like it is right now. It was like 88 degrees and humid. And the entire city smelled like garbage. You couldn't run anywhere without yeah. seeing like mounds of garbage at the end of the driveways. And the smell was overwhelming. And I mean, we were already kind of sick from running in the heat anyways. But then you just get permeated with like this layer of trash. And it was the grossest thing. I mean, you just it was it was it, it was tangible. Like you could taste it. It was disgusting. And I think if I remember correctly, that shit ended up in some kind of a court decision. And like literally the dirty new company, like the head of it went to federal prison for like racketeering. Yep. <laughs> which is which is another thing. Why the fuck is like garbage always rolled up into like organized crime and the mob? Oh, it's all because well, of the Sopranos. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I mean, for, for some, but I mean, like, like that's, I would like to think it's only the Sopranos, but then like you literally hear about it. I think, wasn't the guy's name Rizzo? It was like Rizzo yes. Incorporated. And Rizzo. I'm like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? A guy with a vowel on the end of his name owns a dirty garbage place and he's, you know, bribing politicians. Like, I know it's a dirty business. It's it's so funny you say that because um, my mom is still visiting here from Wisconsin. She's here in Arizona. And we have some really close friends up in Sedona, which is about three and a half hours north of here. And it is one of the most gorgeous places in the world. Very expensive to live in. And she's like, oh, I should call them and see how they're doing. And they are... um, they are of it- the Italian persuasion. Yeah. And I said, Mom, I'm like, what did he do for a living for them to retire to like a mansion <laughs> in the mountains in Arizona? And she said, oh, I think he was in some sort of waste management. I'm yeah, like, there yeah, you go. Waste management. <laughs> waste management from Little Sicily in Chicago <laughs> has enough to retire in Sedona. And I don't know why. Is it because no one else wants to deal with this shit? I think that's what it is. I think it's because it's so hands-off because it's such a gross business that nobody, you know, you're not going to get a lot of people who want to do it, so they're just going to let you do whatever. And, you know, but it's just, it's, it was so funny. I couldn't believe it came out of her mouth. I'm like, did you see that on TV? Or are you just saying that? She's like, no, 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 that's, that's what he did for a living. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, just like, I mean, good I'm plan. I, I can't even. AJ has a plan, a multi-week plan, for her to be able to throw out this one item because she goes, you know what? If if week by week I put it into the can, they have to take it. <laughs> and meanwhile, I am planning on like hauling out so much shit there this week for. I feel I want to tip the guys. Uh, I want to leave a twenty dollar tip out there and say sorry. You're doing all my bitch you work. You should really because- on the way out because now now that I realize that this is not the norm, Dude. like the way it is in Michigan, or at least the way it is in our neighborhood. Because like you said, it's probably going to change. But yeah. you sh- you, I'm glad we would give them like little Christmas gifts. Because props, now, dude. I'm like, props, man. I I kid you not. I have a TV stand that I picked up for free. 
and it's too big and it's kind of a mess. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll just toss it. I tried to put it on Marketplace for free. Nobody wanted to pick it up. But then I figured out, I'm like, they won't take it. So I'm literally on my list of things to do today one by is, one. To, is to unscrew it and put the pieces in the trash can so I can put the can out tomorrow and they'll take it. That's somebody, hilarious. Somebody on the Facebook page was like, man, we put a busted ass 60 inch TV. We jammed it into the can and they took it. So they're like, as long as it's in the can, they'll take they it. They will but take it in the can. That's, I am, it's, I'm so appreciating what I'm missing in Michigan now here in Arizona. I'm serious. And look. Look, I mean, I know we get all those cute videos, like little kids that fall in love with 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 the garbage man, and they they run out there and take pictures and shit, and that's awesome. Can't do that with the claw. You can't do that nope. if, it's, if it's all automated, <laughs> and you can't take all my shit. And if you can't take my shit, who's gonna take my shit? Because I don't want my shit. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.